Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Hello, it's Robert here, and we're at the Dumpty Dum Oxford meetup here at the St. Aldate's Tavern. And I'm also here with... Maria. Allison. Missy. And... Nula. And uh, a secret man in the background who's not willing to divulge his identity. (laughs) And we are going to do our Dumpty Dum. Dumpty 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 dum dumpty dumpty dum dum dumpty 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 dum dumpty diddly dum dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dum dumpty 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 dum dumpty diddly dum They'll never play that this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the fully primed loader that is Robert Wilson, and with me I have the empty field and open gate that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the theft of the century is you. This week's Dumpty Dum is from, well, who knows, Royfield will slot it in later. Lucy, if someone wants to have something slotted in later, i.e. a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or wait for a flight to leave in the only airport in the world to have no announcements. Thanks to Madden Crowd for noticing that. Then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices. And to Derek in the back bedroom, Derek's at Labour Party conference at the moment. He's not, um, he's not actually a Labour supporter, but he does just like shouting at women. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> On this week's episode, we have views from Jill, who thinks Jenny Darling has ulterior motives. Glyn, who wants to tell Kate what he thinks of her. Andrew Horn, who thinks Brian and Kate are the perfect double act. Sussex Shepherd, who was holding out for Richard Curtis. Vicky Cole, who is worried about intense throbbing. So am I. I've got a Veruca. Auntie oh. Jean, who tells. <laughs> I'll be applying the gel later. Auntie Jean, who tells it straight out, tells it straight with Kate. Oh, dear. Uh, New York <laughs> Nigel, who couldn't give a Bobby's helmet. Chris from Manchester with a plot prediction. And <sighs> finally, Miss Mid-City, who thinks everything is about to fall apart. And that's not just sh- and that's not just his show. But first, let's brace ourselves for Lucy Freeman's Week in Ambridge. <laughs> It 
was the FNP. There were flowers, there was produce, there was rivalry, pudding positioning, faking a terminal illness, and Lexi <laughs> laughing and laughing. That's brave of you making a funny Bulgarian thing, dear, said Jennifer, accidentally gobbing on Lexi's bonitsa. Let's put it <laughs> at the back of the competition table under this bin lid. Lexi winning didn't improve anything, and so Jenny Darling marched off to the needlework table to stick pins in the Bulgarian map. Things didn't get much better when she discovered that Adam and Ian were considering surrogacy. What do you think, dear? She asked Adam. I don't know, he said, just for a change. Kate was supposed to be having a big surprise uh, party, courtesy of Jenny Darling. Kate, the 40-year-old teenager, was emptying all her belongings out onto a sheet. She's been tidying her room, said Jenny. She's a 40-year-old mother of three. Anyway, Kate decided to keep the things that brought her joy. She decided to keep her lovely big collection of £20 notes, the house she's been given, but the kids could go. That was easy. Roy is in love with Lexi. Krusty oh. told him to grab it while he can, which sounded a bit Donald Trump for my liking. It went so well that Lexi got the first flight back to Bulgaria. It wasn't her fault or Roy's. Lexi got very upset as her aunt Billy Rubin broke her chest on a scooter in the park. So her mother can't stay in biscuits to look after Lexi's children and has to go to Hoover to look after aunt Billy Rubin. Can you tell my washing machine was on spin cycle through that bit? <laughs> mm. Ian seems to be basing his entire surrogacy plan on a message board. Ian, are you crackers? People who sit on message boards all day typing furiously with inspirational quotes at the bottom of everything are usually people with, with, um, how should I put this? Violently strong political allegiances, fervent <laughs> religious beliefs, or a conviction that Martians are about to land, who think that the other message board people are their friends and spark massive rows with each other. These are not the ideal people to consult. Maybe go and see a professional. <laughs> A surrogacy specialist, or even mm. a bloody dentist, to be honest. Anyone <laughs> but a permanently pregnant vegan hippie, because if you're going to do that, you might as well ask Katie. Oh, hang on. Are you going off the whole <laughs> idea of surrogacy, said Ian Bossley to Adam, who had never been on the whole idea of surrogacy. They went to a surrogate tea party. I wonder what surrogate tea tastes like coffee maybe brian thought it was a sort of fat stock show where everyone went around prodding each other's hindquarters and slapping each other on the bottom the intense sledging course by the cricket team continued apparently darrington have two players called scraggy and podge potter what are they jack russell terriers they're really quick in the field but they won't give the bloody ball back Pip called Josh a capitalist, Josh called Pip a wage slave, and Josh drove off in his clown car with the wheels falling off and bubbles coming out of the exhaust. <laughs> Pip has discovered that if she sleeps standing up and injects soup on an IV drip, she's got an extra 40 minutes a week in which to beat herself. So she's leaving Wrinkley and is going to Gorton to look after 90 cows in herring bone coats or something. I tune out when it's cow things, to be honest. Johnny working at Home Farm seems to have sparked the total breakdown of industrial relations in Ambridge. Ed took a leaf out of Emma's book, put on his leather jerkin and tackled Farmer Adam about tractor work and why he'd given it all to Johnny. Because of Johnny going, Clary and Susan have got a promotion. They're now allowed to pack cabbages and cauliflowers. Isn't industrial action brilliant? Someone <laughs> nicked Josh's loader. Loader what? With no insurance documents and the keys in it. Everyone has been really sympathetic. <laughs> crying, crying with sympathy. They were holding each other up and gasping with sympathy. Kate was runner-up for Ambridge Businesswoman of the Year by throwing away all her invoices and tax returns. 
This made my heart flip over with panic even hearing about it, but then I'm someone who's still got the receipt for my five-star album. Rex is a proper little captain's narc at the cricket. Harrison, Harrison, Tracy wanted to cheat, Harrison. I'm here on time, aren't I, Harrison? But there were bigger problems facing the cricket team. They were invaded by Darrington. Everybody was furious and said Kenton should not allow happy people we don't know into the bull to have a nice time. It is our pub and is reserved for splitting up with people, threatening people outside the loos and eating overpriced sandwiches cooked by an ex-con. Harassment got properly stirred up and said, we're going to show Darlington... No, we're not. We're going to show Darrington what Ambridge is really made of. Yes. Flowers, produce, puddings... Lexi laughing, surrogacy, and very old men losing cricket matches. Hurrah! We don't stand a chance. The end. Ah, oh, well, that's that's knocked me out of my jet lag for sure. I was going to say, you're Thank a very you good very audience much. today because <laughs> you're off your head. <laughs> it's great. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. I have to say, I, I, I did warm to Lexi, which is probably why she went away. Everyone I like seems to go away. It's not very fair, is it? Oh. She's going to come back, though, isn't she? Yes, come on. she is. She is. I think that is what many of our caller inners think, that we have not seen the last of the Bulgarian contingent. They will be back no, you, with reinforcements. You, yeah, you don't... I was going to say something very rude then, but a lot of people have called in and, and said that we, we can't say rude things because they listen to him in public and they, they guffaw and, and sputter and splutter and we can't have them laughing and enjoying the show, can we? No. We want Definitely them sitting there, sitting there with a face like a slapped ass, listening to everything we say. <laughs> um, uh, do you know, talking what? about things in public, do you want to know what happened to me today? Go on then. <clears throat> I was, I had an appointment to give blood and mm -hmm. I uh, was um, uh, getting ready and I was mm -hmm. putting earrings in and by one of those weird things that you, I couldn't do it again if I tried... I wear yeah. quite a big ring on my right hand and I managed to slice the bottom of my chin with this ring thing. Ouch. Which bled copiously. So then I stuck a bog roll on it like some sort of <laughs> old uncle at a wedding, you know, with blood stain, mm. covered in blood stained loo roll. Um, and then... And then I got halfway down the road to to um to the blood donor place and realised that I'd still got the loo roll stuck to my face. Oh, so dear. I pulled it off and it f absolutely, I just started hemorrhaging, flipping oh, blood. And I was wearing my brand new white cashmere sweater. Oh. So by the time I'd arrived at the um at the blood donor place, I looked like something out of The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> a cross so, between Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Mummy. Yes. And so I came staggering in through the door of the blood donor clinic, looking like I had nothing <laughs> left to give, to be honest. And the poor woman took one look and said, if you just Very like nearly to... an armful. Yeah. She said, if you just like to take a seat and, oh, dear, let's have a look at you, she said. <laughs> and she got me in a cubicle <laughs> and was putting raw alcohol, surgical alcohol on my chin to try and stop it. And then I yelled because it hurt. And she said, would you mind keeping in the noise down we have we have we have nervous donors <laughs> outside and this was only the Everyone think... bit oh, god. oh my god dear did so, you eventually give your pint i did i mean I, I said to them do you want to take it off my arm or out of my chin it's up to you they're both flowing as freely to be honest but i did get there in the end it was just absolutely mortifying and then i galloped home <laughs> covered in blood and with bandages and god knows what yes mortifying what anyway like. 
You know, I, I can't give blood. I've never given blood. And Why I can't, I can't give it for the next 28 days. Because I've been, been in oh. a country that has funny diseases. But you can normally, though, can't you? Yeah, I can. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm usually, I've, I've got quite a few cuts myself from my walking expedition. And, oh. um, but I, it's nice to be back, apart from the weather's crap. The weather has been crap. Well, today it's been like a wet sock. It's just been mm. sort of... When you and walk I had out my bike fly stolen last night. Oh, really? Yes. And I think I know who did it. There's a person standing next to my bike, and I was so jet-lagged, and I was going to buy a Chinese takeaway. And um, when I came back, the bike light wasn't there, and I must have just left it on. But I didn't want to get attacked in the street, so no. I just thought... Hang on, so do you mean the person, the person that the person that stole it was still there when you came out of the Chinese, or they were there when before you went in? They were there before, and they were there afterwards. And there was a bit of an incident before I went in. And uh, when I put my bike up against the hoop, her bicycle fell over because ah. she hadn't she hadn't she hadn't linked it to the hoop. She hadn't lent it slightly sideways. Oh, she, I see. Oh, and then she said, oh, "Don't knock my bike over. Oh, that's the only thing I've got." And uh, uh, I said, okay. oh, I'm terribly sorry. Um, and then I, and she said, oh, yeah, it's all right. Anyway, have you got a pound? So, oh, I see. I thought, well, I thought, well, yeah, okay, you can have a pound. And, well, she didn't look homeless at all. I mean, no. she was dressed up to the nines. She just wanted uh, a pound. So I gave her a pound, <laughs> gave her a pound just to think, well, and said, know, yes, she won't. Bang goes my prawn crackers, lady, you said. Exactly. <laughs> and when I came, oh, anyway, when I came out, they were hanging around the bike and she was touching saying no oh, only a pound or whatever something like that and then as i pushed the bike off just to get away with them i realized that my light wasn't in my pocket and it wasn't on the bike and i i'm denied for five minutes or so and i thought so I you did give her a pound it. or you didn't give her a pound i did give her a pound so well, what was she moaning about then i don't know i, I was yeah. anyway so i had to go out and spent 40 odd quid on a new bike night because that's how much they are for decent well, bike nights these days welcome back to <laughs> welcome back Britain, Robert. Exactly. That'll teach you the to go away, won't road. it? I'll tell you what, it's like the bloody it, Middle it. Ages. I'll tell you, it's like that. It's lawless. Lawless, I tell you. It is. You wouldn't get that in Yosemite. <laughs> no, you'd get bears you. ripping your head off in Yosemite. Yes, you have to look after your picnic baskets, but other than that, <laughs> everything's safe. Oh, I miss Yogi Bear. Do you know, we said we had loads of callers and we shouldn't gossip today. And so we far, we we've talked about Yogi okay. Bear, Yosemite and my chin falling off. So oh, we, we haven't really... talked about Yokel Bear yet. I think, tell you what, shall we just listen to what the caller in have to say? Yeah. Go on then. Hello, Ambridge3962. So this is Jill from Tennessee. Uh, I've been listening to Dumpty Dum for about a year. I've been listening to the Archers for about three years, maybe four years. And I this is my first time calling in. But I just want to say that the whole dialogue between Jennifer and Ian sounded very sweet and innocent. Until I listened to the Flower and Produce show, because it really seemed like Jennifer might have had an angle because she wanted Ian to sit down and have a coffee with her. I think because she wanted to win the dessert, you know, she wanted to win the pudding 
award at the Flower and Produce Show. And then whenever the award went to Lexi, it did kind of seem like she felt like Ian should have favored her. And so as much as I appreciated what they had to say over Rory and everything about Jennifer being his stepmom and everything, it just felt a little bit more manipulated after Lexi won the Flower and Produce Show. Anyway, thanks for letting me call in. You guys are doing a great job on Dumpty Dum, and I enjoy it very much. Um, Jill from Tennessee, who I think mm-hmm. is Dolly Parton, masquerading as a caller in Iraq. He takes an awful lot of money to look this cheap. Do you, <laughs> Do you know what? Of what? all the people, even like Ricky Cole from Kenya, and mm. all those people that I know are listening around the world, yeah. nothing impressed me more than than finding out that somebody that Jill from Tennessee listened to us. I know. It's just she incredible. Didn't say, she didn't say what part of Tennessee though. There are some sophisticated parts of Tennessee. She could be from Memphis. No, I'm not or... saying I'm not saying Tennessee's unsophisticated and that's why I'm surprised. It just sounds so far away and so remote from Ambridge and from us sitting in little rooms in Oxford and East London. Yeah, it is. I have, about been, the arches I have and, been to Tennessee in, in my. Uh, I had a boyfriend from my, Tennessee. Did you? Yes, an American Marine. Oh, crikey, you've got mm. a hidden past, haven't you? Get her. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not anyway, what did Jill say? Both, Sorry, we're not supposed we're to be gossiping on. Sorry, Jill. I'm just pouring myself a drink. Um, it's my t- I'm only drinking sparkling water, though. I'm not doing a naked fingers. I, I had fruit tea. I told you I was drinking fruit tea. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Long Island iced tea, I should think. Flipping um, cheek. Do you think she she's positing the suggestion that yeah. Jenny was being nice to Ian simply to get the vote for the pudding? Now, I don't think even Jennifer would put her unborn grandchild. You know, she she'd kind of align her unborn grandchild with the flower and produce show. No. I can't. I mean. You know, I'm I'm not Jennifer's um, hugest fan, as we know, but I don't think that uh, that that she would actually go go that far. I no, think. I mean she's still a, a bit of a hippie at heart, isn't it? Isn't she? Even though she's a, a terrible stinking snob. So, she's a yeah, hippie. I mean, what do you mean she's a hippie? Well, as in, well, wasn't she wasn't she a bit of a hippie in in her past? She was a bit of a slapper, yes. It doesn't mean she was a hippie. All right, okay. All right. Well, she enjoyed banging hips then. <laughs> Ow! That's oof. <laughs> it's a new technique. I learned it in San Francisco. Because <laughs> I'm not sure you're doing it right, to be honest, Robert. <laughs> no, nope, pretty pretty sure that's that's not it. But anyway, I doubt. Yes, it's a it's a great theory, Jill. Um, but I can't see even Jenny Darling doing that. And I, but I do. She just that. It's just her attitude to 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 Lexi. That was what was absolutely unbearable. And I was so. Oh pleased yes, that Lexi like the won. last week or the week before with the the caravan cleaning. The cleaning. Oh dear. Yeah. They're calling a good girl. Patronising. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Terrible. Um. Well, she she's she's going to get her come up. I mean, not not only with the food and produce, but I don't know, maybe maybe something else. Maybe Lexi will end up being the surrogate mother. 
<laughs> the fact that her entire family can't be in one room for longer than seven minutes before they all start trying to rip each other's throats out. I think she's probably... She suffered enough, quite frankly. Uh, shall we do Glyn now? Yes, Glyn. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Greetings to all in Dumpty Dumland. And fellow Dumpty Dummers, didn't we know that as... Uh, Roy was talking to Kirsty, explaining to Kirsty how he was going to declare his love to Lexi. We knew that as he was doing so, there would be an interruption of some sort. And of course, it came to pass. Now, it's only Thursday night, so maybe everything will be redeemed on Friday. But um, all I can say is at the moment, scriptwriters, we know you love this particular plot device but please give it a rest just for once let somebody say something of importance without an interruption and then uh, moving on to other things um, Adam and Ian Adam you've told your mother how you feel about surrogacy please please tell your partner how you feel about surrogacy because it's just getting a little bit boring or painful to listen to you um, try to reassure Ian that everything is all right when it's very clear to Ian and everybody else it's not all all right. Finally, well, um, it is comedy gold that uh, everyone is going to tell uh, Kate um, what they think about her for her 40th birthday. I'm not going to suggest anything. I'm sure plenty of other people out there have got great ideas. I do hope that Nolly and Sipo are included in this uh, birthday present. And uh, to sign off, I'd say um, it was great and to meet with Andrew Horn, with Cosmo and with Vicky from Kenya on Monday night. Hope we can all do it again. And small but four perfectly formed greetings uh, meetings are absolutely great. Goodbye and thanks. Yes. There was the grim inevitability of Greek tragedy about all that, wasn't there? Um, But, Glyn, you are absolutely right, and it drives me mad. It is such a stupid soap opera. It's it's actually a sitcom trope that I'm trying to tell you Mm. something, but you keep interrupting, so I can't get it across. The thing is, when your family, you say, if someone does that, you go, no, listen, shut up, I've got to tell you. And you go, oh, sorry. And then you listen. You, you know, nobody is that formal that they say, well, I can't interrupt. You know, I can't interrupt my, my sister or I can't interrupt my mother. You know, you, if you need to say something, you just say to the other person, shush, and say it. Um, it's incredibly... Yeah, especially in that situation. Yeah. In the airport. Yeah. You, you just say, I love you. Oh, no, that was thank easy. You, I just said it. Oh, I thought you were saying it to me. Um, yes, exactly. You just say it. Oh, I do love you, but not in that way. Not on a hip hanging way. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong technique again. Isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I agree. It was just oh, just so annoying. Um, oh, let's do Sussex Shepherd now. You love him, don't you? I do. Afternoon, Royfield, Lucy, Naked Fingers, and all other fellow Dumpty Dumners. It's the Sussex Shepherd here, and I'm a bit sad because I kind of hoped that they'd got Richard Curtis on board to write that episode on Friday evening. And there'd be some grand romantic dash across the airport, and Roy would tell Lexi how he felt, and Lexi would tell Roy how she felt. And they'd be happy ever after, and they'd find a way to make it work. 
But of course, that's not how life is, and they decided to go with realism. And that's why I'm sad. But I do think there's still a chance. I think they could still have him get on the next plane to Sophia, get out there, declare his undying love for Lexi, and then, then, then maybe come December the 22nd, they could take over the wedding when, of course, Lillian tells Justin that she can't marry him because she still loves Matt. And everybody will be in the church and everything will be set up. There'll be flowers. There's all the food laid on already. They can make use of that because by then I'm sure Lexi's family will sort of themselves out. That's what needs to happen. Well, maybe my dreams, but that's how I'd like it to be. Such a softy. Anyway, keep up the good work. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Do you know what, Sussex Shepherd? If they ever remake Bagpuss, you're an absolute shoo-in for the narrator. If you could ring it next time and just go, Baggy and a bit loose at the seams, but Emily loved him. I would be very, very happy. Who who was your favourite? Right, not to digress, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to digress a little bit. Who was your favourite Bagpuss character? Professor Yaffle, because he reminds me of me. Exactly! Yeah. Oh, now I know where we're friends. Not why we're friends, yes. Yes. Professor Yaffle, yeah. carved wooden bookend in the shape of a woodpecker. Yes. <laughs> Something like that, wasn't it? Yes, exactly like that. I can't so, do anyone from the arches, but I can do the whole of the <laughs> fucking bagpuss cast. So we've got the Beiderbeck affair in common, Beiderbeck tapes, Beiderbeck affair, and um, we both want to be Professor Yaffle. This doesn't, yes. this doesn't say great things about us, to be honest. No. Um, Sussex Shepherd was holding up for Richard Curtis. And the thing is, it's not like she's Bulger, you know, EasyJet, when EasyJet kind of sorts itself out on Ryanair mm. and all those people, they all fly to Bulgaria. It costs about £6.99 to get there. It's not very far away. He can go there and he'll have a nice time. And, you know, that's kind of, I suppose, in fact, let's also play. No, 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 let's not. Andrew Horn says, you know, um, in his call, why doesn't Roy just go to Hungary? And, you know, and I'd mm. like to add, ideally stay there. But it's Bulgaria, of, but anyway, yeah. Bulgaria, sorry. No, well, he said Hungary. Did he? he? I don't know. I well, don't one know. of us is... One of those foreign place places that we're me. getting rid of, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it, so we had the trope of the, of the, oh, just say it for crying out loud. You yeah. Know? And then we had the, tro- and then we were waiting for the trope of, Lexi, I'm coming with you. And the sound of him vaulting the bloody ticket yeah. barriers, mind you. With the, and then being with, shot I was gonna say, by the security the, guards. We're on critical at the minute, aren't we? And blow his head off. Um, <laughs> yes. Phoebe, um, we've got some bad news. Um, so... Yes, that's so. We had the we had the the, the the really annoying soapy tropey, and then the soapy tropey that we actually wanted didn't happen. So that's quite annoying. Mm, it will happen though. Come on, it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's just relax. Yeah, she's she's going to come back. Yes. and they're going they're going to get it together. He was properly so properly gutted though, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, Bless she him. does. I really like. Lexi, she does sound like a, a nice person. If they person. could stop giving her laughing things, that would be great. But yeah, I, I, when she's not bloody laughing, I like her. Yeah, I like laughter. What's wrong with laughter? You're, no, you're, you're a she's... comedy writer, don't you? And you don't like people laughing. <laughs> That's you've seen my work. That's what... <laughs> I think it's um, it's something. Uh, uh... It's something about the way she does it. It just they just over egged it a bit, and it just got really uncomfortable. Anyway, mm. yeah, but it was all all sort of it was all it was all all kind of giggly. I mean, giggly, 
falling in lovey stuff. Because yeah. when you when when you really fancy someone and you start to fall for them, you laugh at everything they say. Mm. And 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 laughter is not just. I'm putting my science hat on now. Laughter's not and mansplaining to you what laughter is about. <laughs> <laughs> Here that, um, we go. It's not just about settle down, it's ladies. Not just, it's Robert's not just about talking. laughter, isn't it? especially. When... <laughs> <laughs> it's not just about showing someone that you find something they've done or said funny, but it, it, it's a, another form of communication, and people laugh for lots of different reasons and other than also, something's funny. It's and also bearing your teeth. Oh, it's, it's bearing your teeth in a non-hostile way as well. Yeah, like a chimp picking yeah. the nits out of your yes out of your bits <clears throat> andrew horn now greetings earthlings andrew horn here just calling in to say i am loving the purple patch we're in at the moment lots of stories driven by annual village events like the flower and produce show with the shenanigans great just love it. And the cricket's coming up to a nice uh, nice little storyline with Darrington. What's going to happen there? Um, how's the season going to finish? Will uh, Harrison be given the elbow? Um, and I'm loving the Roy storyline with Lexi. Um, he can take a holiday. He's not had a holiday for years. Um, he can take a holiday. He can go off to Hungary and see her. That would be great too. And then two of my favourite characters coming to the fore, um, Brian and Kate. They're both great on their own, but together, you know we're in for some classic scenes. And Kate's 40th this week with the full and frank appraisal. I can't wait. I am beside myself. Just like to finish by saying it was great to see um, Vicky and Glyn and Cosmo on Monday. And um, I hope you had a safer flight back, Vicky. So um, I must arrange some more London drinks with a bit more notice uh, before too long. But in the meantime, I hope you're all doing well and speak to you all soon. Bye. I agree. Brian and Kate together are absolutely wonderful. When, when she said, I want you all to tell me exactly what yeah. you think of me. And then Brian said, it would be so much easier to just write her a check. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, yes, they, they're just... I think I think that's the ruse. I think Kate is not as yeah. green as she's cabbage looking. Uh, I just think you cannot believe that Kate emerged from Brian's loins. All his stepchildren are so much more like him than Kate is. <laughs> the one that actually mm. came no, I think it's from a bit him. like... It was a bit like the fly. Something got into... <laughs> Is juice a bit of patchouli oil or something, and then they ended uh, up with uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh gosh, that could sting. I'm not sure. At the moment of conception, there was a little, a little banging. contaminant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I wouldn't want my best friends to tell me exactly what they thought of me. No. You no. Might, you might. And anyway, it's embarrassing for them. It's just embarrassing for everybody. Yes. Yeah. But then she doesn't, you know, it's just another part of, you know, it's another part of Kate's selfishness, isn't it? That she would put oh, yeah. everybody in this incredibly awkward position 
rather than just saying, yes, no, I'll be very happy to have whatever presents you want to give me and shut up and thank you very much. You know, that's... Oh, yeah. Don't give me anything. Don't give and me just anything. give some money to charity. Yeah. Maybe support the South African children that I've left behind and things like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> just... Oof. She is, I mean, I'm, but she is, she's such a good character and oh, her and is. Brian together. And that suspicious thing when she came in and they were both talking about her and she said, mm. what? What we, was that me? Were you talking about me? No, no, darling. No, no, no. Oh, nope, dear. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, she is rather solipsistic and uh, head in the clouds, which is a lethal combination. Just a tad. Um, should we do Vicky Cole now? Hello everyone, this is Vicky Cole, back in Kenya. Um, I'm so sorry I haven't called in for a long, long time, but I've been really far behind with the archers and with Dumpty Dum, so I couldn't really. But I am now up to date. Um, in fact, I listened to the last, frankly, filthy Dumpty Dum on the plane coming back on Wednesday, and I must remember not to listen to Dumpty Dum in a public place because I was sniggering really very loudly through most of it. Good fun, though. Um, I really wanted to say what a joy it was to meet uh, Andrew, Glynn and Cosmo last week in London and before that Victoria, Mary and Jan in Canada. Thank you so much everybody for making the time. It was really great to meet you all and if anybody hasn't been to a Dumpty Dum meetup yet I thoroughly recommend it. hope there'll be some more next time I'm back. Um, I haven't really got anything very intelligent to say about the archers at the moment i loved brian this week i mean he his, his lines about kate and then about the surrogacy were just brilliant he gets the best lines and he delivers them so well um and then about adam and ian and the baby i mean i do wish them every success in their quest but oh dear we are going to have to listen to months and months and months of intense throbbing emotion from adam aren't we um gosh not looking forward to that but i do hope it all works out well for them um, I think that's all for now, but I will try and be a, a slightly more regular contributor from now on. Lots of love to everybody. Bye. Uh, Vicky Cole, I am entirely with you. I am finding this surrogacy story very, very boring. Um, it, it, because it, it's just, it's going on for too long. Well, I, spe- I know you can't make yep. a decision about it quickly, but it is so evident that... Ian um Ian is very much into it Adam is not very much into it Ian keeps ask Adam keeps mm. lying and saying yes 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 it's fine but then he just when he says do you really want a child he says but I really love you Adam um I really love you Ian and mm. and Ian says but do you want the child though and he says but I really love you Ian so that's clearly a no I don't absolutely not um uh, and it's just it's just get on with it just find somebody and get on with it. And uh, Chris from Manchester and I both had the same idea at the same time. So let's play Chris from Manchester's call now. All right. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Chris from Manchester here at Outside Circle on the Twitters. Just calling on my walk home from work, so I hope it's not too noisy in the background, with a little top prediction about Ian and Adam and the surrogacy storyline. I was wondering at first whether this might be an excuse for cast to come back in uh, and then or possibly Helen might be a likely candidate but I don't think either of those are going to to work out I think given that Kate is now looking for honest feedback about her and her lifestyle for her 40th birthday 
she's going to have something of a shock if anyone is actually truthful with her. She might realise what a selfish piece she actually is. And in the background, Adam is obviously concerned about someone not being a reliable surrogate. And also the fact that the baby would actually be Ian's. Well, if Kate was the biological mum, he'd actually have some of his gene pool uh, in the baby as well. So she'd be a good candidate from that point of view. Also, as she's had three children at least already and doesn't really seem to be particularly attached to any of them, I don't think she'd be wanting to keep Ian's baby to herself after it's born. So that's my thoughts on how things are going to pan out. I think it's going to have to be a major character that's used as the surrogate mum because this is such a big storyline. It can't just be a sound effect with a bump. Anyway, see how things pan out. Look forward to hearing what you and other Dumpty Dummers make of it. Thanks. Bye. It's going to be Kate. I think. Really? Yep, I reckon so. Oh yes, so it's so it will have some Aldridge genes. It will. It will. Uh, it'll be Kate and it'll a little be... bit of that contaminant we were talking yes. about. Yes, it'll be a reaction against. Um, uh, that will make the whole will inheritance. You are because because someone will say you are so selfish. Okay, you want to yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. to react against the selfishness accusation. Yeah. She, uh, but yeah, I just had a really horrible thought, which I'm not going to share with anyone. What? Okay. <laughs> well, I just thought I, I, for a moment, I forgot that they do this by artificial insemination. I and I just had an image of Ian, Ian having to and shag Kate. Kate. Ooh, well, that wouldn't know. Yes. That would be a world in of love for everybody, wouldn't it? Yeah, in a yurt. <laughs> you took me up the yurt. That's not going to work. Um, shall we now do Auntie Jean? Hello, all. Auntie Jean here. I really haven't stopped laughing since Kate said, I want the truth. I want you to tell me the truth for my 40th birthday. I mean, honest to God, what is she thinking? Well, the trouble is she isn't thinking, is she? She's not at all self-aware. She hasn't any idea what people think of her at all. She's immature. She's selfish. And I mean, I'm just looking forward to that episode so much. I can't tell you. It's going to be wonderful. I do hope we get to hear it. It's going to be marvellous. <laughs> I can't wait. Anyway, uh, it was lovely to have the flower and produce show. I love a good flower and produce. And Jennifer losing to Lexi was the cherry on the cake, uh, although a bit predictable, uh, but, but good nonetheless. Um, Josh, well, Josh is an idiot. Why on earth did he bought a um, bring that thing home, park it in a field with the gate open and no key in it, having not paid for it anyway, um, and then expect his father to defraud the insurance company when it will go horribly wrong? I mean, honest to God, um, ugh, he's as bad as his sister. Um, and just a quick prediction before I run out of time, Lexi. I think, will want to bring her kids to Grey Gables, or at least to Ambridge, and she will replace the receptionist who is uh, luckily just about to leave, or even I don't know whether she's a proper chef or not but even Ian, when he goes on maternity leave uh, as it were, uh, well paternity leave I suppose um, yeah, so that would be interesting, that's obviously a bit in the future but she'll be back, I've no doubt at all 
Anyway, that's me finished. I hope you're all well and I will speak to you again soon. <laughs> I'm still laughing about Kate. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Bye. I know. Is Josh actually expecting David to defraud the insurance company? I think he genuinely is. Josh is such a good example of everything that is levelled at millennials uh, and that you think, oh, that, you know, they're not that bad. And then you think about Josh and you think, yeah, they kind of are, actually. Yes. Um, yep. Yep. They're utterly appalling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but what I don't understand is so he he got this this loader. Yeah. Um, is, is that kind of one of those bobcat things? Do you think a loader? I don't know. You know my, one of those my, miniature. My, my mum said to me last week. Thing. It's not quite a digger, but it's got a that loads stuff. Yeah, probably is. Um, so, and he got this for three grand or whatever. So, he, but he hadn't paid anyone, and he'd not signed a contract, and he hadn't got the documents. So. Surely it belongs to the other person. Yeah, and I think they've taken it back. I think they changed their minds and took it back. Don't you think? Yeah, I think they've changed their minds and taken it back. Yeah, I think I think they've buggered off, or it, they, they they could be um, on the fiddle and they say, "Oh no, take it." There's no there's no documentation, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. But we've had. We've had stolen farming machinery over the years, and yeah. they never find anyone. No. They'll, they'll probably open up Susan's shed and <laughs> <laughs> pack to the rafters with the shed. But the reason they don't find it is because they've got and... bloody harassment on the case, who who puts... Yeah, he's know, too busy... Going to nets net above, above... Yeah. He and he, he can't still haven't f- found that bloody bunting. Exactly. He can't, if he can't find bunting, I don't fancy his chances of <laughs> finding farm machinery that all looks exactly the same. <sighs> um, should we do New York Nigel now? Yes, I think we should. Hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's New York Nigel here calling in again after a very busy summer for one reason or another. Uh, Harrison Boring Burns, he'd be boring whether or not cricket was involved, but the cricket is the cherry on the top of his boringness. I really couldn't give a Bobby's helmet about the Darrington player who let one go from his left flank or whatever it was. The only reason I carried on listening to that episode was because the whole cricket nonsense was interspersed with a very touching story about old Lexi with an I and Roy with a Y. Surely that Fallon deserves better than Uncle Cardboard Burns. Well, maybe his character will be fleshed out a bit more as the weeks go on, but maybe to give people in charge the benefits of the doubt, so far he's only been a bit player to more interesting stories, and perhaps we haven't got round to seeing his more human side yet. Or maybe it's because he's virtually got no backstory at all, apart from some predictable and equally boring parents. I wonder if there are any others, actually, in the Archers that we don't think have been fleshed out enough, Jolene? I don't know. Well, apart from the characters who totally disappeared. And finally, Jennifer. I'm sorry. But I've always thought that she was a, a ghastly snob, can't stand her, never been able to. And it's time Peggy took her down a peg or two again, which she sometimes does, and reminded her of her humble origins. And when I said I couldn't stand her and that she, that she was an ageing, hippie, pensioner version of Kate, I got shouted at. 
And I was wrong, I admit it. Kate, at least, has made a bit of a go of a business. Jennifer never has. Anyway, thanks to all of you for keeping us up to date and entertained over the summer months, and keep up the good work. Bye. Well, that's a very interesting point, New York Nigel. Uh, that we don't know very much about harassment, apart from the fact that he's extremely dull. Um, I always want to know about, we know that he has siblings. I always want to know about Pat's family. It's like she it was dropped by a stork or something it's on somebody's doorstep wrapped in a blanket. You know, she sort of just appeared in Ambridge. And there was all this stuff about her being Welsh and meeting Tony and everything. Uh, what? I was said she's Welsh, isn't she? Yeah, but we don't. She never goes to see any of her family. They never come to see her, and it's like she's, you know, she's like a gay orphan. She's just sort of appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, but but it's like someone said was said earlier that no one ever goes on holiday. Um, they very rarely go to the laboratory, um, <laughs> and people don't have families outside. I mean, Mike you know, Roy hasn't been to see Mike. And Vicky, has he? No. Well, I guess you can even say they've done that, but you don't have to mention it. So what you have to imagine is when you don't hear from Pat and Tony for ages, it's because they've gone off and done something boring, like go to Wales to see her family. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't, because every time they leave the farm, Tom tries to destroy it one way or the other, doesn't he? That's kind of... They (laughs) don't even hang around too long at the bloody feed merchants because Tom would have set things on fire by the time they got back. Um... Now, we've got somebody now that we haven't heard from for ages. Miss Mid-City. Hi, it's Miss Mid-City with my thoughts on what's been happening in the Archers lately. Uh, Last week, um, I'm fairly sure that there was supposed to be a David Archer and Joe Grundy birthday. They share a birthday with each other and they share a birthday with me. So I was listening out for... Uh, the annual Joe Grundy trying to catch a drink off David, and it didn't happen. Uh, what did happen was a lot of time spent um, on the surrogacy storyline, which is timely with the rumoured Kardashian West pregnancy and TV dramas like uh, Top of the Lake, China Girl and Handmaid's Tale. It's It's not something that I deal with in my work because these informal arrangements are not sanctioned by UK law. There's no regulation for them. They're not binding. And so far, um, the Archers has been entirely accurate about about all of those facts. Um, and that's why these sorts of things fall apart pretty easily, and they're very messy, which is perfect for soap operas and dramas. So I continue to listen with interest, but I don't find Adam and Ian very interesting at all. They really are getting on my nerves for the reasons that Royfield and Lucy have discussed. They sound like strangers, not a couple that are having a child together. Um, And Adam's reluctance is... I don't understand why Ian hasn't just twigged that Adam's not interested at all. And, and oh, I don't know why it hasn't led to more rows. It's, it's just doesn't seem like the most sensible move for them to be making as a couple. And I think that adoption would have rumbled them. Um, Kate uh, is getting on my nerves. That's her purpose. Um, but I, I sadly... Um, come to realise that she and I have something in common. I, too, have fallen for the philosophy of Marie Kondo, the Japanese queen of tidying things up. And uh, 
her idea that you should only keep things that spark joy in your life. Uh, I didn't do very well with her advice. I bought her book back in January. I know it's been out for ages, maybe since 2014 or whatever, but I only got it in January. Didn't follow advice very well. I got rid of stuff only to acquire more stuff in its place. So I wish Kate well. Um, and the other thing I would ca- contribute to is the discussion about Kathy and how redundant she's become. She's entirely absent, but then so are Alan and Usha and Richard Locke. And I don't really know why so many characters are underused. You're right, you know, but it's not like them to miss a birthday because they like any excuse to go round and deliver cards by hand, don't they? And everyone can say, oh, hello, you two, blah, 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 yes. and, have a, and have a chat, you know, and, and, and move, <laughs> move a plot, move the plots on one step. Um, yes. Uh, so I don't know how they managed to, to miss all this, but I'm very glad, actually, that you said that they are following the, that they've got everything right about the surrogacy and how it all works. And I had no idea mm that if the child is born to the surrogate mother, her husband becomes the child's legal father. That's absolutely extraordinary. Mm -hmm. What a risky thing to do. Um, But I mean, I know people are in, you know, they're absolutely kind of, you know, desperate. And this is, this is a choice that they've made out of very hard circumstances. You know, it's, it's emerged out of desperation, but that just seems absolutely incredible. Mm. Well, I, I, but the incredible thing, the other side of the coin, is that if you, ha- you have uh, a child with your partner, uh, a man has a child with the partner, and you're not married, then legally you're not their father. No, yes. Yeah. As in, you yeah. have no control. Yeah. So if the mother dies, yeah. the, the, the control, the, the guardianship is ceded to her parents. But you go, but... Um... Uh, you can go to court and sign the thing to give them rights yeah. of paternity rights. But yeah. I know. I guess it's, the law isn't a complete ass, is it? No, but it it does make you kind of think how behind, because surrogacy has been around for a long time now. Oh, and, 30 years at least, yeah. And the fact that the law is still so kind of um, blurry about it. It, it, I just find really shocking. I was so surprised. Mm, family law, particularly, is a yeah. is a very murky pond, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, anyway, that was the end of the Callerinaurus. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Look what free speech has gotten you, right? And, and if free speech is going to bring a Hitler to power, are you still going to defend the rights of those people to speak? If you talk about the things that affect your daily life. The secret to being a good actor. I don't really care, actually, whether Britain remains Britain. His dad was actually murdered in front of him. Marine Le Pen has changed the Pont National. If it's like kind of like a documentary investigative reporting serialized true crime, it often gets into questions about the justice system or the media. In an uncertain world, there's always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where you speak to friends and interesting people for the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to vote. Good question. Really good question. Bake Off is back on your TV this week, albeit on a new channel and with new presenters, so it's good to know there's one thing you can rely on, and that is Cat and Mim with their soggy bottoms. Go to iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And remember, to get in contact with us, you can leave a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105. That's 0203 031 3105 to leave a message. Marvellous. Well, now it's time for a little bit of socials from our king of kefir, Mr. Yokel Bear. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yokel Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. Um, starting on Facebook, um, I posted a bit of a Kate appreciation thread. Um, I thought she was marvellous this week with all that decluttering and everything. Um, Catherine Kavanagh says that Kate is her favourite character by a mile, utterly self-absorbed, incapable of seeing irony, no depth whatsoever, a negligent parent, feckless, but for some reason totally lacking nastiness and utterly hilarious as a result. 
Um, yeah, I think I agree. And Gerald Pearson says, I have a friend or two like Kate, not a mean or nasty bone in their bodies, just an absolute whirlwind of what the F. Um, throw them into crowds of people as a conversation starter. Um, yeah, I thought she was brilliant, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of people saying about they love the way how she really upsets Brian, um, which is always good value, isn't it? We also um, talked a little bit about, uh, well, the, the plot line we couldn't really avoid, could we? Ian and Adam and the baby. Um, we asked the question, who would be the best... Um, or possibly worse, surrogate parent. Um, and a lot of people said Emma. Um, um, Christi, Christy Devine said it's really a toss-up with Emma so she could use the compensation money to help buy the house. Uh, but worryingly, she said Susan. Um, I can't see Susan doing it somehow. Um, Steve Gibbs said, possibly Kate. She'll lay her hands on it when it's born and decide it doesn't give her any joy and dismissively discard it. Um, worryingly, and I won't name and shame on this, a few people said Peggy. Yes, we really don't want to think about that, do we? Um, but also on um, um, Adam and Ian, um, yeah, there's quite a lot of other stuff going on. We asked like, how people are feeling about this. Ben Johnson said it's a car crash waiting to happen. It will lead to the breakup and divorce of Adam and Ian. Um, they can't even have a five-minute conversation in the car without becoming angry and resentful. Karen Cunningham says, we're going at breakneck speed. I feel like a crash is inevitable. Um, and also as well, um, Fiona Griffin was, um, had a bit of sympathy for Ian. Said, poor old Ian, how long can he delude himself that Adam is on the same page as him? Um, there were a few people who actually said that, you know, Guy Labbrook said that um, he's excited for them. But I think generally... Um, most people were feeling just a little bit uncomfortable about it. Also, on the forum, there's been some really good discussion there about it as well. Um, Sir with Love says, predictably, Adam will become besotted with whatever baby or child he and Adam, um, he and Ian adopt. Um, I say predictably, um, except that neither Adam nor Ian seem to consider this possibility. The only person who's talking sense at the moment is Lillian who said, men have been having babies to please their partners since year dot. Yes, I think that is the crucial point. Miss Mid-City thinks that um, that this whole idea of the child might have resolved some of the issues between Adam and Ian, um, whereas Scott Matthewman says he disagrees, that he doesn't think it's been resolved at all. And I think that's where we're at at the moment with it, aren't we? We're not quite sure where this is going. It's either going to be a car crash or maybe it'll work out. Um, one thing I will say though on the forum Nancy posted a brilliant idea she said what if Helen as a practical experiment were to leave Jack in their care while she takes Henry off for a two week holiday they would then have an opportunity to experience firsthand what caring for a baby entails and how they would cope with it at the very least it would make for an interesting 12 episodes yeah I absolutely agree with that I think that's a really smart idea so what else have we been talking about oh yes the stolen loader who do we reckon's done it um jill a lot of people thought jill might have done it nicholas barnes says it'll be with the bunting yes yeah, like the bermuda triangle isn't it if things keep disappearing um ben johnson said scruff um i hate to break this to you ben i don't think scruff's around anymore sorry to be the bearer of bad news 
Um, so yeah, it's been a pretty busy week. Also as well, we introduced something on Facebook, which was a non-topic post for a non-archers topic for non-archers day. Um, and we've got 113 replies so far asking people to recommend podcasts. So it seems as though there is life uh, outside of the archers. Who knew? Anyway, that's me done. So that's social media roundup. Bye. Thanks very much, Yokel Bear, for that. Uh, well, I guess now we've had that particular round of social media, we need to uh, have the tweet of the week, Lucy, don't we? We have. Uh, we have. Yes, we should. And we have. And we will. Um, Susan <laughs> Kassab said, hmm? had Harrison saying, now you've got to be clever here, says Harrison. Well, that's ruled him out then. <laughs> uh, David John Roach, I repeat... Roy Tucker wears a ski jacket to work. He cuts his own hair with nail scissors and has a weird stain on his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know what the stain is. <laughs> oh, Sally supposedly said, Oh, Josh, if only you had a room to... Blah, blah, blah. Oh, Josh, if only you had a womb to rent out. What's the betting <laughs> he'll charge Adam and Ian a £3,000 arrangement fee for Pip's uterus? <laughs> God. Um, oh my God. Tara Perso had Roy saying, Have you got everything, Lexi? Ticket? Passport? My broken heart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. That's not funny. <laughs> That's awful. Oh, uh, poor, Roy. I, poor Roy. Poor Roy. Poor Roy. Um, very cruel. Mike Lowe, who I believe is the editor of Cotswold Life magazine. Mm. had um, made a comment about Lexi coming over here, winning our flower and produce medals. <laughs> yes. The UKIP version <laughs> of um, Brexit version of the flower and produce show. And Tweet of the Week comes from Peggy Woolley, who says something that I will not now ever be able to not think every time I hear him. Imagine that sinister voice of Adams reading a toddler a bedtime story. Hashtag nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's an incredibly sinister voice isn't it adam talks like this all the time well Ian, of course i want a baby yeah he it's like someone's pulled a string at the back of his head <laughs> oh, yes well done all mm, marvelous Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105. That's 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. You can find Royfield and Lucy at Dumpty Dum on Twitter. That's at Dumpty Dum. And I can be found at Naked Fingers. And that is your lot. Oh, we got there, didn't we? Naked Fingers. Are you, um, are you going to bed now? Or do you have to no, stay up I'm, until it's I'm, the right time I'm, to go to bed or something? Well, I've got other, I've got other commitments. I've, oh. I've got to go up to the hospital to do some volunteering. Oh, really? Yes. How little, little, uh, little jet lag heart surgery on the side. Brilliant. They'll yes, love you know, that. I do. I, I work. I work. I, yeah, yeah. I do a little hospital volunteering. You do hospital which radio, I don't, like don't you? About. Yes, that's why I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> why? <laughs> well, it's got a bit of a nerdy image, you know. I, I'm trying to 
I'm trying to promote my my raunchier, my raunchier, sexier side here. You have on a raunchier, sexier podcast. side. Raunchier and sexier than what? Than hospital radio. <laughs> Most thing. A cup of soup is raunchier <laughs> and sexier radio. than hospital radio. <laughs> well, that's it very is. good. But it's our it's our fiftieth anniversary. We've been going for fifty years this week. By the end of this week. Lovely. So uh, we're, we're celebrating that by uh, doing five live. Five ten-hour broadcasts from uh, just next to the toilets in reception. Um, so I've got to go up there and support the team. Um, and I've got my own live ten-hour show on Friday. Does um, mm. the good thing about hospital radio is that especially uh, if patients are extremely immobile, they can't turn you off. That's quite good. Yeah, exactly. It, but the other good thing about it is that we do. We do patient interaction. We go and visit patients and we talk to them. And and that's the important thing. It's not just that we're a radio station for them, but we, we go and visit them and, and, and chat to them. Very nice. And lots of people are lonely in hospital. Yes. Especially hospital radio DJs. <laughs> I was thinking exactly that, but didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but anyway, there we are. That's what I'm doing. But, Very um, nice. And very good of you to do it. We when shall you're have to have all... a catch up about my jet lagged. Yes. Yes. I don't, don't have much of a choice. I'm the program controller. I'm, I'm, I'm management. You see, I've got to. I've got to show my face. And, uh... <laughs> Bloody Alex Fraser Craig. Yeah, we are. So while I was over in while I was over in um, in America, you might have seen that um, I, I, I totally coincidentally bumped into Royfield Brown. No, who? No, Royfield Brown. You might have heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> so he popped round to uh, to where I was staying for for, for dinner. Yeah, and, no, he said uh, he had a lovely time. I got absolutely well. You can tell absolutely rotless. Uh, <laughs> I had a bit of a hangover the next day. Oh, mm, very bad, very 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 bad. But we had a wonderful time. He got on with the, the friend I was staying with, and um, he brought a guest who was very nice, and uh, a lovely time was had by all. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Definitely. There excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, no, he said he had a very nice time. Uh, why did you get so pissed? Were you nervous or something? No, oh, he brought round a cheap bottle of whiskey and I drank some oh. of it. <laughs> like most of it. Ah, right. Mm. You, know, you know me. We, we've had discussions about this. I, I, I very much lack self-control in certain areas. Yes, in all areas, I'd suggest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear, dear, dear. I do let myself in for these things, don't I? <laughs> I really do. I will never, ever, ever learn. Never. <laughs> mm. So while I was in America, I, mm. I wasn't just naked fingers. I was completely naked because I, I did some skinny dipping. Did you? Yes, I skinny dipped in a lake that was 10,200 feet above sea level. Wow. And it was very, very cold. Did they disappear? Have they retracted entirely? <laughs> I'll send you a video. And no, you don't, can, yes. don't, don't. You're in your dressing gown. That's bad enough. Thank you. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. Um, it, it wouldn't have won first prize in the flower and produce competition. <laughs> Not compared <laughs> to marrows and onions. Jets, anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but it was. It was a, a marvelous experience. Good. Invigorating. You were there for quite work. a long time, weren't you? Is it three weeks you were there? Three weeks, yes. Lovely. I don't think I'll do three weeks the next time. It, it's it's too long. 
it? You just get too used to it. You know what? I came back. I've forgotten the password to my computer at work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But um, I'm slowly getting, getting back into things. Good. And uh, I'm sure by, by the week after next, I, I will be completely <laughs> raring to go and I, I won't be as uh, groggy as I am now. I, I don't think I've done too badly, though. When we went to New York... And in fact, when mm. we went to Mauritius, because yeah. I am three quarters dormouse, I just sleep all the time. Mm. And so I don't get jet lag because I can sleep in the middle of the day. I can sleep in the morning and I can sleep yeah. in the evening. So it just doesn't seems to just completely not affect me at all. It's bizarre. Everyone else was staggering around like a zombie. Yeah. And I was utterly fine. But then I do. I do. Well, going out there. Yeah, going out, yeah, far, going east. coming back is. Ugh. Yeah, but even going out to California, there's an eight-hour difference. So, mm. it's like, oh, you're staying up eight hours yeah. later than you normally would. Yeah. So I was waking up at about five o'clock in the morning, feeling extremely virtuous. I'm beginning the day, and the, the, the dawn hasn't <laughs> and then even by broken. By o'clock, you're asleep in your croissant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but coming over here because you. The plane leaves at half past eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And you don't you don't get here, don't land in London till two or three in the afternoon. And uh, I actually did sleep on the plane, but oh, and then you have to wait for the the coach back to Oxford, and it stops at every bloody stop, and you think, oh, oh I just want yeah. to get to the taxi. Um, but yeah, and and I I thought I made it to about ten thirty, and I went to bed, and. Uh, and I woke up and it was dark. And thought, oh, it must be. But if it's five o'clock in the morning, I think I've done it. it was half past bloody twelve, wasn't it? <laughs> two hours. <laughs> Kinell. And then I, I, I stayed awake and I, I listened to some podcasts. And I, I think I drifted off at about four o'clock. Right. And then my alarm went at seven thirty. Oh, I get up, to go to work. And then it was nine o'clock, and there's Kathy Cluxton reading the news on Radio <laughs> Four. But oh shit, I've got half an hour to get to work. But I got to work on time. There we are. Tomorrow will be the, the tonight will be the, the will be the the teller. T- tonight will be the crunch, I guess. My friend was flying back from. Uh, she was flying back from New York. On the, no, she wasn't. She was flying back from Boston on September the eleventh. And uh, that September the 11th and all the flights obviously were completely buggered. They were absolutely just all over the shop. There were no direct flights and it took her four days to get home. And she crossed the Atlantic about three times (laughs) because she was sent. Things were being diverted all over the place. So she went from something like Boston to Dallas to Holland to somewhere else to, I don't know, Germany or something and then back yeah. again that it was just and she completely lost any sense of what day it was she said she kind of just started to create her own um her own system of time and everything yeah. she'd just say right it is now breakfast time and she was having to um wash her hair in um go and have showers and things in the airport showers which are always a bit grim and mm. um and she said she'd write a, a to-do list for the day. Is was um, go buy croissant, eat croissant, <laughs> and all this just to try and keep herself sane. Because she said she could feel her grip on what was going on. 
really, really slipping away. And then, God love her, only she would do this. She arrives, finally arrives back in London four days later and goes into work. <clears throat> and her her boss um, sent her home after about 10 minutes and said, you are completely batshit. Go home. You're all <laughs> over the shop. You're a danger to everybody. Just go home. And um, I think she slept for about three days and then woke up oh. just feeling like she'd lost a fortnight and had no idea what had happened. It's bizarre. Oh, God. Well, I don't feel that bad. I'm just, I'm just a bit jet-lagged, so don't worry about me. <laughs> don't worry about me. Right. I now have to go and help my son right, do his it. science homework, which is not ideal. Okay, then. Well, you go and do your, your, your valences. Yep. All right, then. And, what um, kind of science? Just science, science. Uh, right. Something to do with electricity. To be honest, I'm as lost. I'm lost in all of it, so I really don't know. That'll be physics. Oh God, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Whatever. Okay. You're not at home with electricity. Well, the only thing I'm worse at is geography. Sorry, I better go. (laughs) See you later. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Jim. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.